0: We are back to dealing with the Tenant Systems after a short break. And last time we spent uh, one class on the Svatantrika system and one class on prasangika. And you had asked for more detail And so, I thought that uh, that would be good to do. Just to uh, slightly review the main point of the uh, Svatantrika system, it was saying that uh, nothing has truly established existence, truly established existence, referring to uh, existence established not by mental labeling, not by being something that can be imputed by mental labeling, by conce- you know through mental labeling by conceptual cognition, and uh, within uh, svatantra, you know this is the general Madhyamaka point of view, and uh, svatantrika was saying that uh, we can only establish things not by them merely being imputable by conceptual cognition uh, alone but uh, that it has to be together with uh, findable (coughs) individual defining characteristic marks on the side of the object a combination of the two. This is a svatantrika position as uh, asserted in the uh, Galuk tradition and so what uh, we did when we uh, looked at this in general last time was an application of it to see its practical use Since uh, that helps us to uh, develop more interest in the system and uh, we thought in terms of uh, how we might have uh, various characteristics, individual characteristic marks of uh, let's say the type of person that uh, we are, in terms of uh, various things that we've done and so on, and they can be mentally labeled in many different ways. So uh, it can be mentally labeled as uh, um, a loser. Yeah, you know, let's say we have the characteristics that uh, we have failed in a number of things, so we can label ourselves as a loser, we can label ourselves as uh, a, uh, somebody who has uh, difficulty but uh, you know, can succeed if they try harder, we can label it in terms of the system is bad, we can label it in terms of you know, all sorts of things, but uh, what we are labeling is on the basis of some you know, individual Defining characteristic of something that uh, we've done. So we saw that uh, the application of that is that uh, it's not that uh, the characteristics themselves establish us as a loser or whatever, and it's not uh, just uh, the um, labeling by itself, because then we could label anything. You know, there is some sort of basis for it. But uh, um, because of uh, the fact that there can be many different types of uh, mental labels on them, it is up to us how we mentally label it, how we deal with it. And even if others call us a loser, that doesn't mean that uh, they establish us as a uh, a loser. We can establish uh, ourselves validly in terms of a different conceptual framework. So that was the practical application that we saw. We uh, did that last time in terms of a uh, situation, rather than looking just at uh, ourselves, a situation at work could be labeled as a, you know, there are certain things going on, we could label it as a problem, we could label it as a challenge, there are many different ways to label it and. It's up to us to find a more Um, beneficial way of labeling it in order to deal with the situation in a better way. So let's just refresh our memories like that. To be more precise, what something is, how it's established is that uh, it is what a category or concept refers to on a basis of imputation. But that basis of imputation has the individual defining characteristic marks findable on its side that allow for a correct Mental labeling. So what does that mean? We have a concept, a category of, let's say, um, a loser. (coughs) So what establishes? That there is such a thing as a loser, that I'm a loser. Well, for it to be accurately and validly labeled on me, there has to be some individual defining characteristics on my side. Let's say I failed at this, I failed at that, and so on, that are established on my side. That is the valid basis for saying that I'm a loser. That would be what a loser is. But also on that basis, you could label something else. I'm a challenged person, I'm somebody that has difficulties, but I'm not a loser. I'm in a difficult situation, therefore I fail. There are many, many things that we could, you know, that we could, the concepts that we could label <coughs> onto those defining characteristics on our side. That's the Sphototica position. You understand? Mm-hmm. By those defining characteristics on the side of the object?
1: On they the side
0: of the basis for, for imputation. imputation, yeah. They can, they only exist in combination with them. No, they can only establish our existence as such in combination with mental labeling. They can only- So it's not that the individual defining characteristic marks by themselves can establish it, and it's not that mental labeling can establish it by itself, it's the combination of the two. That's the svatantrika position. Okay, so what? that was the general um, presentation of uh, svatantrika. Now, if we want to get more specific, what I thought to do was uh, to um, work with and try to explain all the various types of uh, existence and ways of establishing existence, because you have large number of terms that are used in all the tenant systems and in each of the tenant systems they tend to define them differently and that's just within the gluk system you have the non-gluk systems and they will define them yet again in a different way and use them in a different way but uh, we won't look at the non-gluk systems they're complicated enough just looking at the glukba ones So there are a number of terms that I thought that uh, we would examine. Uh, Let me just list them. Substantially established existence. Existence only established by being imputable by valid conceptual cognition. Self-sufficiently knowable substantial existence. Imputedly knowable existence. Truly established existence. Existence established as an ultimate phenomenon. Existence established by individual defining characteristic marks. Existence established by individual defining characteristic marks alone. Existence established by a self-establishing nature, or self-established existence, or inherent existence it's also called. So we have all these terms, and they all mean something different. And they all are applied differently in each of the tenet systems. So it's very, very complicated and not easy to uh, really um, comprehend. So what I thought to do as a way to help us with that is to examine each of these terms one by one and uh, put them together. You know, look at them as a uh, survey uh, in terms of how they are, it's treated in each of the tenant systems. So today, let's start with substantially established existence. And that's contrasted with existence only established by being imputable by valid conceptual cognition. We might not get to that. But let's just work with uh, substantially established existence. Substantially established exist defo- phenomenon are defined as those phenomenon having the ability to perform a function, something that's able to do something, is substantially established. And literally, the term means phenomenon whose existence is established by there being a natal source. Remember, we had this term, natal source. It's uh, dze in Tibetan Dravya. In Sanskrit, it's used in non-Buddhist systems as well where it has yet a different meaning, but uh, specifically in the nyaya system. But uh, we had this term before, when we were talking about uh, in the Chittamatra system that uh, the karmic seeds are the natal source for the, uh, both the appearance of the object of cognition and the um, primary consciousness and mental factors that uh, take them to the natal source. Like a seed is for a sprout, so that's the same term as is found in the substantially term substantially established existence 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 established by something being a natal source. so how is it used in the different systems in Vibashika uh, the substantially established phenomenon perform the function of being the natal source, giving rise to valid non-conceptual and valid conceptual cognition of them. That means they are externally established. This is, uh, you know, their view. And the Sautrantika view is what is being refuted by the Chittamatrans. So, saying that these are the natal source for valid cognition of them, both conceptual and non-conceptual, and thus they are findable substantial entities, that's the word ze, separate from and existing before valid cognition. So they have to be existing, standing there, externally already, and then we come along and we see them, or we hear them, or we eat them, (laughs) taste them, etc. So, like that. And uh, here, vibashka includes both static and non-static phenomenon in this category, because they say that static phenomenon are the natal source for the cognitions of them, even though, you know, normally we don't think of static phenomenon as being able to do anything. But uh, vibashka has quite a unique presentation here, and it says that they're the natal source of cognition for them. So that's the Vajmashaka system. Sautrantika, now, is going to limit them and say substantially established existence are just non-static phenomenon. And it understands substantially established phenomenon as those phenomenon that have the ability to perform the function of not just being the natal source of valid conceptual and non-conceptual cognition of them, but also of being the natal source of their results. So they produce results, the result, you know, like in a uh, cause and effect karmic type of uh, situation. <coughs> being the natal source of results, however, is not in the Samkhya sense. Remember the Samkhya school says that uh, the result sits inside the cause and is just waiting to uh, come out, when the circumstances are right. This was uh, a very relevant uh, position to refute when we were talking about uh, karma. Because uh, when we uh, think of karmic seeds, as the, or karmic tendencies, as the cause for the what ripens from them, the results, if we think that the results are already fixed, and that they can't be changed, that's equivalent to thinking that the results exist already inside the cause, they're already inside the seed, and just waiting for the circumstances to come about in order for them to become manifest. And that's not the Buddhist position. That's a very important point, to uh, realize that uh, the results are not fixed of uh, what we do inside the natal source, but uh, that uh, they can be affected by further things that we do, both negative things, positive things, by circumstances, and so on. So it's not fixed. But uh, rather, when we talk about being the, uh, you know, non-static phenomenon, things that change, that are built up from causes and conditions, and that then... uh, give rise to results, that uh, their being the natal source of their results are like, the same as, or analogous to a seed being the natal cause for the sprout. The sprout doesn't exist already inside the seed. And the uh, Vaibhashika wouldn't say so? The Vaibhashika also, well, the Vaibhashika would say that uh, giving rise to their result would include for static phenomena and giving rise to cognition of them, whereas Sautrantika and everybody else would uh, not agree. In other words, the Vaibhashkas are saying static phenomena are standing outside there. And when you uh, see them, I mean, there are only a few, when you know them, I mean, there are only a few static phenomena that are accepted by uh, Vaibhashika. They are uh, space, true stoppings, and. particles? Uh, um, the. Uh, the uh, um, either true stoppings by. Uh, what is it? I forget the technical terms They are the uh, stoppings that you achieve in very higher states of uh, You know, in the formless realms And the uh, stoppings that you achieve through meditation of uh, You know, refutation of uh, object to be refuted Pardon? Cessation,
1: Cessation. Cessations
0: Cessation. Or stoppings So there are only a few of them mm. In uh, vibashika but they say to know them, so they're not really existing externally, but to know them they act as the uh, natal source of cognition of them. It's not really explained very clearly Mm. in Vaibhashaka, so I would leave that for the moment because uh, it's what Sautrantika asserts that's going to be um, dealt with in the uh, later more uh, sophisticated systems so we have substantially established existence are non-static phenomenon so that means forms of physical phenomenon ways of being aware of things of something and non-congruent affecting variables which are neither forms of physical phenomenon nor ways of being aware of something things like Persons, you know, the self, me. So, we as persons are substantially established phenomenon. Our existence is established by the fact that I do something. So you have that in uh, Western philosophy, cogito ergo sum, I think therefore I am so i do things i think i act etc and therefore i exist that establishes that i exist and you can see me i can see you so that also establishes you know you're the natal source you were there before i came into the room Come into the room and I can see you. So you're the natal source of my cognition of you. That establishes that you exist. Do you follow that? Is that something you would agree with? Think about it. How do I know I exist? You know, the Zen master would hit you with a stick. You feel something, therefore I exist. I can feel my breathing. Pardon? I can feel my breathing. Right. So something's breathing. Something is breathing. <laughs> well, is it the body that's breathing or the self that's breathing? But uh, that gets into, you know, further discussion. Here, we're simply talking about me. And one way of establishing that I exist, according to South Trantica, is that I am the natal source of results, of effects that I experience, and I'm the natal source of cognition of me. So I'm substantially existent. Okay? So now we go on to the Chittamatra system. And the Chittamatra agrees with Sautrantika that substantially established phenomena are those with the ability to perform a function, and it limits them to non static phenomena but it excludes them from performing the function of being the natal source of valid non-conceptual and conceptual cognition of them. It doesn't say that, it doesn't accept external phenomenon. So, Chittamatra understands them to have the ability to only perform the function of being the natal source of their results. The natal source of valid, non-conceptual, and conceptual cognition of substantially established phenomenon is only the karmic tendency that simultaneously also gives rise to the primary consciousness and mental factors and the cognition of them. So this is something that uh, we need to uh, understand. Even in the mind-only system, still, the self, ways of being aware of something, forms of physical phenomenon all of those things are substantially established phenomenon so substantially doesn't mean material as some people uh, translate it they're substantially established because they do things can you put those two together that uh, I even though I can't establish that uh, anything exists externally to my cognition of them when I'm cognizing them. How do you know that uh, something exists the moment before you cognize it, before you see it? There's no way of establishing that from the Chinamatra point of view. But that doesn't deny or refute the fact that things do things. That I do things, and uh, if I boil the water, it gets hot. It doesn't. So still, within the chittamatra system, it accepts substantially established existence. So these phenomenon are the natal source of their results. They produce effect, they have the ability to function, to produce an effect. Think about that, because often that's hard to put the two together, no external existence together with a substantially established existence. It's important always to remember that no matter what tenet system uh, we look at Buddhism never denies cause and effect It never denies that things function That's called dependent arising one form of dependent arising that effects arise dependently on their causes. So no matter what level of voidness we're talking about, it never is contradictory with dependent arising, with cause and effect. So, even when we talk about the voidness of externally established existence in the Chittamatra system, still things dependently arise. Things function. It's not saying that everything just exists in our imagination and nothing actually does anything. So I still do things. How do I know I exist? Well, because I feel happy, I feel unhappy, I feel emotions. I see things but I can't establish that I exist in any way that uh, doesn't involve the mind. So that makes sense. Any questions? Okay, so the Svetantrika system, Svatantrika agrees with the Chittamatra position that only non-static phenomena have substantially established existence. So they agree. Now within Svatantrika we have two systems, Yogacara Svatantrika and Sautrantika. Sautrantika uh, Svatantrika, Yogachara Svatantrika agrees with Chittamatra that substantially established phenomena only have the ability to perform the function of being the natal sources of results not to be the natal source of cognition of them. Mm -hmm. The Yogacara agrees with... The Yogacara Svatantra agrees with Chittamatra that there's no externally established existence. Mm -hmm. So because of that, substantially established phenomenon, non-static phenomenon, are natal sources for results, but not for cognition of them. Whereas Sautrantika Svatantrika agrees with the Sautrantika assertion that substantially established non-static phenomenon have the ability to perform the function of uh, both being the natal source of cognition of them and of results. And throughout our presentation we'll focus on the Sautrantika Svatantrika position What I thought to do is to go through all of these terms and these systems in in terms of the systems up to Svatantrika. It's complicated enough. And then after we've done that go through once more adding uh, Prasangaka. Otherwise maybe it's a little bit too much to absorb. Maybe already too much to absorb but we've spent a lot of time on the Vaibhashaga, Sautrantika, and Chinamatra systems already, so hopefully you're a little bit familiar with them. So that's substantially established existence. Now, Sautrantika also asserts that phenomena that lack substantially established existence have existence only established by being imputable by valid conceptual cognition only or merely excludes anything other than being substantially established that also establishes this existence. In other words, either something is substantially established or it is uh, established only by being imputable by valid conceptual cognition. So let's see how that's applied. Vaibhashika asserts that nothing has existence only established by being imputable by valid conceptual cognition. That's because Vaibhashika asserts both static and non-static phenomena as having substantially established existence. So they don't have anything imputedly established. Only imputedly established mm-hmm. is, the, is what we're looking at here. So Trantica, asserts that static phenomena have existence only established by their being imputable, by valid conceptual cognition. How can you establish that? A category exists. The only way that you can establish it is that you can impute, it can be imputed on some sort of item. The category of dog. How do you know the category of dog exists? all these animals well there is such a thing as a category you know of dog because it can be imputed on these animals and be, you know with valid conce- conceptual cognition will be valid you know, there's agreement convention and so on so like that so, although there's a uh, the dog, the individual dog is substantially established because it uh, performs functions, it does things, but the category doesn't do anything. It's not substantially established. It can only be established by the fact that it can be imputed by conceptual cognition. Okay? So, this includes the coarse and subtle selflessness of persons. Static phenomenon. Even though they... So, just because... I mean, coarse and the selflessness, you know, the lack of... uh, impossibly established self that you have in the Satrantika system, the coarse one, that self can't be established as a... uh, Static, partless, um, independently existing self, and the subtle one that it can't be established as a self sufficiently knowable, substantially existent self, substantially you know, existent self. Those are both static phenomena. They can be known non-conceptually by bare yogic non-conceptual cognition. Yogic non-conceptual cognition means combined shamatha and vipassana on it. they the only static phenomena? Those are the only static phenomenon... No, they're not. But they're the only static phenomenon that can be known non-conceptually. Yeah, But just because they can be known non-conceptually, doesn't mean that they are substantially established. Still, you can only establish that there is such a thing as selflessness, because it can be imputed by conceptual cognition, on a basis, you know, the conventionally existent self, on the basis of the aggregates i are devoid of, exi- of that. Okay? Can you repeat the last point again? The selflessness of persons, the Sautrantika system, can be known non-conceptually by an aria in what's called non-conceptual yogic bear perception, concept, cognition. Other static phenomenon cannot, like categories, they only occur in conceptual cognition. Still, selflessness is not substantially established. Okay. Yeah. Just because it can be known non-conceptually. Still, it can only be established in the Sautrantika system by the fact that it can be imputed by a valid conceptual cognition mm. on a basis. Because it doesn't perform a function. Also. But it doesn't perform a function. Mm. The realization of it performs a function, mm. but voidness itself doesn't perform a function. Okay? Chinamatra. Chinamatra agrees with Sautrantika regarding static categories. Categories. But it excludes voidnesses, lack of impossible selves, and true stoppings, uh, all of them are static, as having existence only established by being imputable by valid conceptual cognition. It excludes those. But that doesn't render them as having substantially established existence. And why do they say that they have, that they are not only... They can only be established by the fact that they can be imputed by valid conceptual cognition. It's because each of those, voidness will take it as just one, to, as an example, its existence can be established by their individual defining characteristic marks alone. So, they say that Voidness in the Chittimatra system does have an individual defining characteristic mark on its side and by that alone also can establish that it exists. And since they have existence established as an ultimate phenomenon, which means that it appears to an aria's cognition, they also have truly established existence according to their definitions. So that gets quite complicated. We'll get to that when we discuss individually existence established by individual defining characteristic marks and truly established existence. The point being that in the Soutrantika system, it says that voidness, it's not that voidness is only established. First of all, it's not substantially established. It's not that it is established, its existence is established merely by the fact that it can be imputed. But its existence can also be established merely by the fact that it has an individual defining characteristic mark on its side, which Satyantra says it didn't, doesn't. Because Svatantrika comes along and says, not only does it have an individual defining characteristic mark. It can't be established by an individual defining characteristic mark by itself, as Chittamatra says. It can't be established by mental labeling alone, as Sao says, but a combination of the two. So there's a progression here of how it's uh, explained. So I I would say that it can be only by... Uh, the fact that it can be imputed by a valid conceptual cognition, in other words, mentally labeled with a category. Yeah, but they also need the object. What do you mean they need an object? There's a basis? Yeah. Um, and the... Well, they would say that Well, yes, there is because they establish. They accept also self-established existence. Hmm. But uh, in terms of uh, mentally, you know, mentally labeling alone by itself, that me, how could they label a dog, uh, the category dog without dogs? That's what it was. Example. No, they can't ca- label a category dog without a dog. Mm. There is a dog. Yeah, you yeah. first have the conceptual idea of dog. But you have to have the conceptual, you have animals. Yeah, mm. yeah but what's the difference to the Svatantrika in this, in this regard? The difference between the Svatantrika and the How do you know, we're talking about how do you know that the the category itself exists? What establishes that the category exists? We're not talking about what establishes that the category can be uh, labeled on something. Hmm. You can have a category of, let's say, um, static, partless, um, independently existing Atman's selves. And there's nothing that it uh, belongs to that category, it's a null set. I categories. They're imputations, of course, on a basis for imputation. That gets into the whole discussion of imputedly knowable and so on. I'm trying to separate the two. The fact that they are dependent on a basis for uh, The basis of imputation is not the point that's being discussed here. The point is, how do you know that it exists? What establishes that it exists? And what establishes that it exists is that it can merely be known, imputed on a basis by conceptual valid conceptual cognition. There's nothing on the side of the category that establishes that it exists. Sautrantika. Svatantrika says that there is an individual defining characteristic on the side of the categories. Mm-hmm. It's not quite an individual, well Yeah, it is. When you talk about distinguishing, that's something else. You distinguish. I mean, that gets into defining individual defining characteristic marks. I don't want to go too deeply into individual defining characteristic marks at this point. And I don't want to get into self-established existence that when you Mentally label something, can you find what is being labelled? That self-established existence, categories have that. Even in the South system, but nevertheless, that's not the level that's discussed here. Mm -hmm. It's whether or not there is something on the side of the category, a defining characteristic on the side of the category that Um, that excludes whether it can be, you know, there is such a thing as a, a category. How do you establish that there is such a thing as categories, is the question. Well, because you can think in terms of them. And you can group things in them. Svatantrika and Chittimatra would say that they have individual defining characteristic marks. Mm -hmm. Chittimatra would say the individual defining characteristic marks by themselves will establish that they exist. And it's not that they can only be conceptually, you can only establish them conceptually. And the individual defining characteristic marks by themselves according to Svatantrika can't establish that they exist. They has to be in conjunction with mental labeling. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. So, how do we apply that to the self? Self is, no matter which system we're in, the self is still self-sufficiently knowable. I mean, self-sufficiently, I'll oh, try again, is still substantially established. Self is not. Oh, you can't. A self isn't something that can only be established by imputation by valid conceptual cognition. That's an important point. This is where you have a big difference between galuka and non-galuka. The is saying that the self doesn't, it's not that you can establish its existence only by imputation, conceptually, it substantially exists, performs functions, I can see it, I can see myself. I can see you, you can see me. So this is the same in all schools in a way that it is substantially. It's the same the same in all the schools according to Mm. Guluppa. According to non Galuppa, it can only be known. It can only be established conceptually. You can't actually see a person. You see a body, and then conceptually you impute a person, whereas Galuppa says no. Sure you can conceptually impute a person, but, this is the difference that I was emphasizing so much about imputation, nevertheless, a person is a non-associated, a non-congruent affecting variable, non-static. Produces effects, has the ability to produce an effect, the ability to perform a function. Not con- just conceptual. Okay? So, I think that that is, so we can summarize the Sautantika, Svatantrika assertions. Persons, as non-static phenomenon, have substantially established existence. And so they have the ability to perform functions such as cognizing objects and committing karmic actions. They have the ability to perform the function of being the natal sources for the valid cognition of them, both conceptual and non-conceptual, and they can perform the function of producing from their karmic actions karmic results that they experience. Although as non-congruent affecting variables, they are imputations on a basis for imputation, the five aggregates, their existence is not established by their only being imputable by conceptual cognition. They're imputations, they're not something which somebody has to impute, like a conceptual, or something, or conceptual cognition. So would say they are objective, objective entities. Then we have the situation of a whole, what are holes? Hole and parts. Holes are imputations on parts as their basis for imputation. But since holes, as forms of physical phenomenon or ways of being aware of something, are non-static phenomenon, they too have substantially established existence. And it's this is uh, svatantra. A whole does something, doesn't it? A whole body does something. A whole body, not just part of a body, performs functions substantially established. A whole is not just established by imputation, being imputed by conceptual cognition. They perform functions and have the ability to perform the function of being the natal source of both results and valid cognition of them. Like persons, their existence is not established by their only being imputations by conceptual cognition. So we have two types of substantially Established phenomenon that are non-static phenomenon We have persons, non-congruent affecting variables, or motion Something like that Aging And you also have whole physical objects and whole uh, emotions And so on Static phenomenon, including voidnesses this is the, again, the Svatantrika system we're summarizing. All static phenomena, including voidnesses, are imputations on a basis for imputation. Also, are that. As static phenomena, however, they lack the ability to perform any functions, either as the natal source for cognition of them or for results. So they lack substantially established existence. But in the phatantra system, their existence is not established by their only being imputations by mental, being imputable by conceptual cognition. They also have individual defining characteristics on their side. Okay. So that I think is enough for uh, this session. So this is a review of Substantially established existence and existence only established by being imputable by conceptual cognition. Something that's... Well, anyway. Think about it for a moment, and then we'll end. And try to think about it in terms of the self. I do things, therefore I am. Before I look at myself in the mirror, do I exist? Yes. That's the Sattrāntika position and the Svatāntika one as well. Savatrantaka Svatantrika How do I know I exist? Well, Jirumatras would say, Well, I can only establish it because I see myself in the mirror. But these are the questions that we're asking ourselves. How do I know I exist? What establishes that I exist? And what establishes that, you know, you exist? If I'm so attracted to you, well, what are you? How do I know you even exist? And I'm not merely, and you're not merely some figment of my imagination. It can only be established conceptually because I have a, a picture of you. My mind. These are all the different angles that we you know, when you start to analyze and think about this in a practical way. You know, we got the theory, but then you have to see how does it apply. If I'm so selfish and self-centered, well, what establishes is the me that I'm so selfish about. And these tenet systems do have practical use. I feel hunger. Therefore, I exist. It establishes that I exist. Therefore, I need to eat. Or I feel tired. Therefore, I need to sleep. So, thinking like this helps to establish the conventional me. Can we take care of ourselves? If we think, I don't exist, I'm just a figment of an an imagination, why do I need to take care of myself? Or take care of you. So these issues have a very practical application if you start working with them. Okay, let's end with a dedication. Then we think whatever understanding, whatever positive forces come from this may go deeper and deeper and act as a cause for all beings to attain the enlightened state of a Buddha for the benefit of all.